In our A to Z of things unseen, J is for journalism. My name is Ruth Gledhill, and I joined the Times in 1987, shortly after which I became the religious affairs correspondent. I recently left the Times and am now working for Christian Today, a website which specialises in news from around the world about the Christian faith, but other faiths as well. I'm sitting here in Westminster Cathedral. This is the biggest Catholic church in the country, and I've chosen this building to come to because it was such a significant part of my journalistic life, really since I began on the Times up until the turn of the millennium. And that's because Cardinal Basil Hume was the Archbishop here, and he led the Catholic Church into a new relationship with society and the state. He really brought the church in from the cold, and he was such a welcoming, warm, and exceptional leader of church and of men. When I was a child, we spent some time in Jamaica where my father, who was a priest, was doing some missionary work. And in the church in Jamaica, which was very Anglo-Catholic, I actually conceived a vocation to be a woman priest. But at that time, I was told it wasn't possible for women to be priests. We came back to this country, to the UK, just after Rupert Murdoch had acquired the Sun. Now, of course, my family didn't read the Sun. In fact, they didn't read any daily newspaper. But I managed to find copies of it in friends' houses, and I was immediately attracted by its bold headlines. And I thought, I can do that. That's what I want to do. So there I conceived a desire to be a journalist. But the religious vocation never really left me. And when I was well into my career as a journalist, by this time on the mail, I thought what I'd really like to do is combine this with faith. And the Times seemed the best place to do that. You don't need to be religious to be the religious affairs correspondent. But in my case, I think, as a member of the Church of England, it did help because non-religious people are often baffled by religion and baffled by people who have faith. And so I think if you do have a faith, it helps to have an understanding of the people you're writing about, what motivates them and what they find important. One of the worst stories I've ever had to cover was 9-11. I remember sitting in the Times newsroom and we had the televisions on showing Sky TV the whole time and the first plane went into the towers and all my colleagues started shouting and then we saw on live television the second plane going in. Immediately we all had to hit the phones and I phoned a leader in the Muslim community and the first thing he said to me was we're just praying that these were not Muslims flying this plane. This incident marked a huge change in the way religious affairs was covered. The first thing that came up was, do we call the people who crashed those planes into those buildings, do we call them Muslims, Islamists? You know, it was difficult to call them by what they were without defaming a religion which didn't deserve such defamation, yet we couldn't deny what they were. They were people who were doing this in the name of faith. And in the years that followed that, I found it more difficult to get stories in the paper about Islam just as a religion. I've always defended the decision to make my post redundant at the time, so I do believe it was primarily an economic decision. There was less and less for me to do as the religious affairs correspondent because the subject became more and more dominant within mainstream news. And it was good for religion. It moved out of being 
in a kind of specialist ghetto, you could almost call it, into the mainstream. But this meant I was literally redundant. My advice to any journalist who wants to specialise in any subject, not just religion, would be to try and build up an expertise in a general area first. Certainly to become very familiar with politics, with economics and with English. And the most important of those is the English language. And that way they will be very certain, I think, of finding employment because it's surprising how few people can actually write. And you can hear this programme again and find other editions of Things Unseen at www.thingsunseen.co.uk.